1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance of the USA Wealth Group. It's time to get your finances in order. MoneyWise starts now. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome once again to MoneyWise. MoneyWise is brought to you every Sunday morning at this hour by USA Wealth Group. We have two very special guests with us this morning. And I want to start by asking a question which relates to what we're going to be talking about today. Where do you think the federal government spends most of its money? Is it in defense? Is it in Social Security? Is it in Medicare? Where do you think most of the money is spent in the federal government? Well, it might surprise you to know that at least 62% of our federal budget is spent on Social Security and Medicare, and roughly 20% of our budget is spent on the military. So a lot of times when you ask people that question, they think, well, we must spend most of our money on the military. Absolutely not. We only spend 20% of our budget on the military. And that relates to what we're going to talk about today, because when you talk about the federal budget, people think a lot, well, why don't we just cut something? All right, so where do you start to cut? Do you want to cut out Social Security? Do you want to reduce it? Do you want to reduce Medicare for medical insurance? Or what do you want to cut? But only something like 4% of the total federal expenditures are discretionary, where there's any ability to cut everything, anything. Most everything is sort of a mandatory program. So today I'm going to have two special guests. Uh, we're going to talk about the subject of Medicare. And I'd like to begin by welcoming a special shine agent, and she's shining this morning, Peggy Volmar. So good morning, Peggy. Good morning. Now, Peggy, um, I know what shine means, um, and um, I'm going to tell everybody in case people don't know. Have you ever heard of a shine counselor, ladies and gentlemen? Shine stands for Serving the Health Insurance Needs of Elders. So we're going to talk about shine today, and what does that mean for you? Because as this show is being broadcast, we are now entering into what's called the open enrollment period. When you have a right to take a look at what you're paying and what you're getting for programs for your Medicare insurance and supplement programs and so forth. And that's about as much as I know, Peggy. So we're going to ask you a lot of questions today. That's fine. The other special guest we have is Attorney Tenny Lance. And good morning to you also, Tenny. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. And um, as we begin today, uh, as I said, the largest percentage by far of our federal budget is spent on Social Security and Medicare. And a lot of people just don't realize that. And it is important, isn't it? Very important. Now, Medicare, to start out with, Peggy, um, begins with people who are generally 65 years in age and older, right? That's correct. So we're talking about older Americans. You know, people like Tenny and me, for example, we're, we're on Medicare. Old, old, yeah. And we have <laughs> Medicare supplement plans and so forth. So, Peggy, let me ask you, what does a Shine Counselor do? We help people um, once they've gotten the Medicare through the Social Security. Okay. Um, then we help them with the supplemental budgets, which means because when you get Medicare, most people don't pay for Part A. Um, okay. That covers hospitalization 80%. The B part, on if when people decide to take Medicare, that usually comes out of their Social Security check. Right. And right now it's at $144 a month. And That's then the cost that of pays, it. I beg your that, pardon? That's the cost of it. Yes. And that pays for the doctors and labs, and that's 80%. And then they have the option of which plan they want to try and supplement the remaining balance, the 20%. And there are a lot of different choices, aren't there? There's a lot of different choices. I find it really confusing. I find it so confusing to the extent that I try to work with folks like you as a shine counselor because this is your area of expertise, We've gone through training to um, mm -hmm. learn about the different um, areas, and also we have to do a certification every year. Okay. So I'm really curious about one thing with Shine Counselors. Is it a voluntary position, a yes. volunteer position? 
It's a volunteer position. So we do not get paid. You don't get paid. That's what I thought. That's really amazing. It's amazing, and they are invaluable, and they're so smart. They know all of these alternatives and can help you choose the best one for you. So I don't know about you, Tenny, but I've always, uh, historically, when somebody starts to ask me about Medicare, my eyes glaze over a little bit. (laughs) I know a reasonable amount, and then I say, you know what? You really need to talk to a shine counselor. But I know I did know that you have special training that you go through. And I think you told me before that you have an associate's degree also. Yes, I do in accounting. In accounting. Okay. Well, that's good because you need to have some real organizational sense to go through these charts. You do. You do. Now, I, I got a book this year, and I guess a lot of people do, on the 2020 Medicare Guide. And this thing must be like 100 pages long or more. It's incredibly detailed. It's very complex, and it's very, instead of streamlining, it can be very confusing, especially for elderly people as you're getting older, and mm-hmm. it's very confusing. Yep. So I know that um, when Tenny and I signed up for Medicare um, a while back, we actually were able to go in person to the local uh, Dartmouth Senior Center on uh, Dartmouth Street. Is that the right name for it, Tenny? Yes. Yep, Council on Aging. And we sat beside a computer with a a woman, a volunteer, and talked about the different types of programs and deductibles and costs for the supplement programs. But you can't do that right now, can you? No, we could not see anybody in person. So you're doing this, what, on the telephone? I've been doing it on the phone, yes, but there is some that are doing it through um, Zoom meetings and on the computer. On the video, basically. On a video base. Okay. So um, let's talk about Medicare versus Medicaid for just one second. Tenny, you do a lot of work with Medicaid, don't you, which is really for long-term care. Maybe somebody's in a nursing home or something like that. Yes, Medicaid is a program for the poor, and it has many varieties, but the one that I get most involved with is for uh, payment of nursing homes, long-term care. Okay. So we're not going to talk about Medicaid today, but I I found myself over the years a lot of people get confused between Medicare and Medicaid. Medicare well, is really a form of health insurance, right? Yes. Right. And yes. and Medicaid picks up the supplement that Peggy Peggy was talking about um in a way that I don't fully understand. I'm sure she does. <laughs> but well, we're going to get we're going to actually go through this manual a little bit. I've got a ton of material. I've copied material for you also, and I also produced something on some software that we have. It's called Backroom Technician or Advices, and you have a copy of this that you can take with you. Um, You don't need to even look at it today. You might find it as an interesting resource, and what this covers is things to, such as an overview of Social Security benefits, how Medicare prescription drug coverage works, how work affects Social Security, then talks a little bit about Medicaid and then Medicare Parts A and B, Medicare Part C, Medicare Part D, Medigap policies, Medigap policies compared. There's a lot to know in this. And, and no one can really be expected to read this or to read the booklet that comes out directly from Medicare and really understand, and that's the the just wondrous benefit of shine counselors because they do understand and they can help you to figure out which is the best uh, supplemental plan for you for your spouse and so forth and also i would say that if, if anybody listening would like a copy of some of this material just give a call to our office at 508-998-8858 and we'll be happy to give you this more detailed report If you're already on Medicare, you probably have already received the Medicare book. But you may have questions about even when should I sign up for Medicare? When must I sign up for Medicare? And you don't want to make a mistake of not signing up for Medicare. But even even with when to sign up, there's a lot of confusion, isn't there, Peggy? Oh, it can be, yes. So one basic piece of information I have is that 
if somebody is still fully employed, they're over the age of 65, but they're fully covered by a, uh, a plan at work, um, they don't necessarily have to sign up for Medicare right away. They can wait until they're no longer covered by their health insurance plan. That's correct. And the rules are kind of specific on that, too. So you have to pay uh, very close attention to that. But if you're turning 65 and you don't have a work coverage, don't delay. You have, what, three months before and three months after your birthday to sign up? You have three months before. You have the month of your birthday, and you have three months after. If you wait to sign up the month of your birthday, it's not going to take effect until the month after your birthday. And if you did it like one month after, it wouldn't take effect until two months after. So it's better to try and go in before your birthday so that you don't have a gap in coverage on your insurance. I agree with that. You might want to put that article on the floor, Tenny, and look at the next page. And importantly also, though, is that people need to remember to do this on their 65th birthday, whether or not they're taking um, Social Security, because if you don't take Medicare when you're eligible at 65 and forget and do it later, you get a penalty. It's going to cost you more for the rest of your life. Yes, it does. So um, that's a really good point because I've had so many people in the office say to me, well, I need to sign up for Medicare because I'm going to be 65, but that means I have to start Social Security, right? And I say, no, that's wrong. You don't have to start Social Security at 65 in order to sign up for Medicare. You can if you want to, or you can postpone taking Social Security up to as long as the age of 70 if you want to get more monthly Social Security benefits. But you must start taking Medicare or signing up for Medicare at 65. I have a question that I don't know if you know, Peggy. If if you are covered by a company policy and turn 65, is there anything you need to do regarding Medicare? No. If you're covered under an employer's coverage, you're fine until you're not going to be working under your – as long as the employer is a big company. Mm, if you exactly. have a small company – then that probably the contract that you have with that company may not qualify. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. Like under 20 employees type of thing. Right. Okay. And in the offices here for Lance Law Inc. that Tenney runs and the offices of USA Wealth Group, we do provide full health insurance for all of our employees unless they're covered through a family member's plan or something like that. So it does impact a lot of people. So the the most important thing, just to reiterate once again, is if you're going to be 65 and if you're not going to be covered by insurance at work, you seriously better look into signing up for Medicare. This is a seven-month period. It's three months before you turn 65, the month during which you become uh, 65, and then the three months after you turn 65. But Peggy, as you said, you better to do it sooner than later. You don't want to put it off. And... When you sign up today, I assume you can do this on the computer. You can do it online. Yes, if you go into mass.gov, and there's a place right on the website. It has different it answers, different questions, and there's a place on the mass.gov website on one of the drop-down mm. boxes that you can click on Sign Up for Medicare Online, and it will bring you right to the Social Security website. That's really interesting. I didn't know that you did it on mass.gov. I would have thought you would have done it on a federal website, but that's it not the It brings you from because uh-huh. the Medicare tries to consolidate all your questions. Okay. And from that website, it'll bring you right directly to the Social Security website, and it'll say you want to apply for Medicare. Okay. But then you have to look at whether you're going to take your Social Security and how, if you're not going to take it, how is it going to be paid? Well, I learn something new uh, every time I do this show. I learn something new every time I turn to a shine counselor like Peggy Vollmer. And so it's always fun. I'm not trying to match which with you because I don't ever want to know as much as you know (laughs) on the subject. We all have areas that we're very strong in, and we all have areas that we have weaknesses in. And that's why it makes it good to work together. Yep. Yep, it does. It's a good team. Well, there are so many exceptions. It's not really going to be worth our while to go into all of them. 
But, for example, who gets Part A and Part B? We're going to talk about what do we mean by Part A and Part B in just a minute. And I um, see I'm getting a little cue here for me to speak directly into the microphone, so I'm not talking directly <laughs> into the microphone. Um, so, for example, if you live in Puerto Rico, you don't automatically get Part B. You have to sign up for it. Well, I guess that's important if you live in Puerto Rico, but we don't care about that so much right here. There are so many exceptions. If you have Lou Gehrig's disease, which is ALS, you get Part A and Part B automatically on the month that your Social Security disability begins. I never knew that before. Of course, I don't know anybody that has Lou Gehrig's disease. But there are many, many, many exceptions. So don't forget to sign up. If you have questions about when to sign up, you could give uh, Peggy a call. I didn't ask you ahead of time. If people wanted to ask you or your office a question, how should they, who should they, they should call? They should call the Dartmouth Council on Aging. Okay. And just uh, whoever answers, they'll be asking them some questions about whether they wanted me to call them back or whether they mm-hmm. want to come in, uh, just come, uh, have an appointment so that I can review what they have and see if they need to change or to help them review what their options are. Okay. But they don't have to call just the Dartmouth Council on Aging, right? They could no, call the New Bedford call, Council on Aging? They have, uh, but right now, because of the open enrollment, it's very, very busy. Sure. A lot of the areas are trying to concentrate on our towns or cities that we, so the New Bedford area tries to focus on New Bedford folks, the right. Kushnet folks. Uh, focus on Kushner for Haven is, and of course we have the regional office that is doing the training with us, and that's up in Middleborough, and anybody can call up there. Okay, and again, you don't have to sign up if you are covered under a group health insurance plan under your current employment, either your own or spouses. And if you have questions about this, we're not going to be the ones who are going to answer it all, but we'll be happy to provide some written materials for you. And we'll answer what we can, and we're going to refer you to a SHINE counselor because that's who you should be talking to. Let's depart for just a second, um, Peggy and Tenny, and say, what is the open enrollment period? What does that mean? The open enrollment is when people can change their plans that they have so that if they wanted to go from a Medigap or Medicare Advantage Mm -hmm. or just a drug plan alone, if they wanted to change that, this is the time when they can do it. It's October 15th to December 7th. Okay, so we're just starting that period right now, ladies and gentlemen. October 15th to December 7th is open enrollment. Um, a lot of people I've seen have written that you should automatically revisit your Medicare plan every year. And if you have questions, don't automatically assume that there isn't something that you should do differently. Get some answers. Ask some questions. What If somebody wants to call uh, the Dartmouth Council on Aging, um, do you happen to know that number? If you don't, I can probably look it up Five, real quick. 508-999-4717. Okay. Of course you'd know that number. <laughs> but again, if you live in New Bedford, the preference would be for you to call the New Bedford Council on Aging and call the Dartmouth one if you are a Dartmouth resident. So. And the New Bedford one also has an immigration immigrant center down in the south end of New Bedford that they help people, especially if they have a language, um, Portuguese or Spanish. I think I knew that once, but I had forgotten that. So the Immigration Assistance Center, is that what it's called? Yes, the Immigration Assistance Center. And do you know where they're located? Roughly? I believe it's down near Rivet Street or sounds, uh, Crapo. Right. Okay. So uh, don't be afraid to ask for advice, and um, don't be av- afraid to get some help because this is real important. If you don't sign up for uh, Medicare when you're required to sign up for it, you're not covered by a company health insurance policy, you're 65, then as Tenny mentioned earlier, it can cause you more money. You're going to pay a higher premium, and you're going to pay a higher premium for the rest of your life. So this is a really important date. And All right. Peggy, you mentioned some terms that I'm not sure everybody understands. Medigap and another term you mentioned. I'm sorry. One is called Medicare Advantage Plans, yep. 
and the other side is called a metagap. And how do they differ? What are they? Okay, the metagap side is a, it covers the 20% that's remaining after your Part A and B on your Medicare card. And you can go to any doctor in the United States that takes Medicare. You're not restricted to any network, any area. Okay. Whereas the Medicare Advantage plans, if you have a PPO, that's strictly a network type of plan. You have to stay in that network. If you have a PPO plan, you will be ha- you have the network, but you can also go outside of the network. The HMO usually you would have to get a referral to from your primary to go to a specialist. So, so first of all, you break things down between those two major sides of things: right. Medicare gap or Medicare, the Medicare advantage. advantage. The Medicare Advantage is the insurance companies make a contract with Medicare so that when you go to the doctors, all you're going to use is your Medicare Advantage card. They mm-hmm. have already set in co-pays that you will pay. Okay. So basically, it's it's Medicare or traditional Medicare versus Medicare Advantage. Is that accurate? It's Medicare. It's a Medigap under that covers the Medicare gap. Okay or else Medicare Advantage is the ones that the insurance companies make the plans. Okay. And so when you go to the doctors, like I say, if you have the plain Medicare, you they bill Medicare first for mm-hmm. the 80%, and then the 20% would come out of a Medigap plan. Okay. Whereas the Medicare Advantage, you go to the doctors, you present your Medicare Advantage card, and there's a co-price, co-payment price. So that gets, is already set up. It gets really confusing. I mean, we're here having dealt with a lot of people in this whole business with Social Security and Medicare and Medi- and Medicaid, and it gets even confusing for us. I can't yeah. imagine what it is for the the average person trying exactly. to listen. Exactly. I have never really understood the supplemental plans. <laughs> well, let's start is there any advantage or disadvantage of one over the other? I believe that... It depends on how healthy you are. Uh, it depends on how, your financial situation, how mm-hmm. often you go to the doctors. If you stay in a network, you have to look at these options. And people, that's why you have open enrollment, because your health can change. So you can change your options. You might be healthy right now, not going to the doctors a lot. And may, a Medicare Advantage is usually cheaper. So you can not have a big cost right now. But, but this is this is exactly why, Peggy, people need help from someone like you as a shine counselor to say, what's your health like? What's your history like? And are you better financially off Financially, too? Yep. Yeah, are you better off financially with this plan or that plan? And if you're already on Medicare, the benefit of this open enrollment period is you get to pick and choose every year. You can make changes if you need to. Yes. And this is the time of year to do it, folks. So Medicare Part A covers hospitals. Yes. It's hospital insurance. Um, and it covers care in a skilled nursing facility, Tenny. Um, but but you on, say covers. Is it 100% coverage? No. No. And I'm not sure that people understand Well, we're going to get to that. Let's okay. talk about the basic coverages first. <clears throat> now, I've, I've already outlined a lot of this stuff. So if you go to page 25 on your package there, uh, you'll see that. And... I certainly need a guidebook to go through this because it's complicated. So Part A is hospital insurance. It covers inpatient care in a hospital. It covers inpatient care in a skilled nursing facility. But it doesn't cover custodial or long-term care. And you've experienced that sometimes if you go to the hospital for surgery, for example. um, You have, what, like 65 days in coverage or something like that? Am am I mixing that up? I, th- I think you're talking about up to 100 days. Yes. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yep. And it can also cover hospice care, Part A, and it can sometimes cover home health care. So basically, it's think of it as your traditional hospital care. Um, and then from there, you would talk about Part B. So what does Part B cover? Medical bills, doctor bills? Okay, but it doesn't cover prescriptions. No. Okay. 
So part A is hospitals, part B is certain medical services and some supplies, um, uh, usually in a hospital or doctor setting or other healthcare center. And then Medicare Part D is what covers prescription drugs. That's correct. So we've got Part D also, Tenny. We pay for that. Yes. And And then depending upon the kind of plan that you get as a supplement determines whether you pay deductibles or large deductibles or no deductibles. That's correct. All right. As well as co-pays, which is a different thing. Co-pays are different (coughs) than deductibles. Yep. And all of this is so hard for anybody to get straight. So if you can listen, ladies and gentlemen, Tenny and I are asking these questions. We've got law degrees. We talk to a lot of people about um, nursing home. Tenny does a lot of work in the area of nursing home planning and protection with Medicaid. Um, and it's, it's a struggle even for us. It really is. So a deductible is the amount that you have to pay out of pocket on an annual basis before your plan kicks in? Is that correct? Well, on the Part A hospital, um, there's usually a deductible of $1,408 right now. That is your copay. That is day one through 60. And if you go into the hospital now, and you're only there for, say, two days, they would probably prorate it, and then you went back home and came back to the hospital, you're still under the 60 days. But if you went back home and came back four months later, you start all over again with the 1,408. And it's um, 60 days? 60 days. Okay. So in no particular order, every once in a while, I'm going to pop in some quotations at you so that my head won't be spinning quite so much. Um, Kristen Gillibrand, who ran for public office, once said, "Health care should be a right. It should never be a privilege. We should have Medicare for all in this country. And I think I heard that, i got to find my statistics here, that I think there's something like 65 million people in this country are collecting Medicare. And they're all, by definition, age 65 and older. Or disabled. Or disabled, yep. So it, it is a serious thing. It occupies a good part of our federal budget, as I mentioned earlier, and is confusing as the devil. Here's a quotation from Barack Obama. I will never turn Medicare into a voucher. No American should ever have to spend their golden years at the mercy of insurance companies. They should retire with care and dignity they have earned. That's not the way the system works now for the elderly. It's really tough out there. Well, then I'll give you a a little different quote that has nothing whatever to do with health insurance. This is from my dear friend, uh, Steve Martin. He said, a day without sunshine is like, you know, night. (laughs) (laughs) So we have to break up the subject a little bit. (laughs) Otherwise, we'll all go a little cuckoo here, won't we? Or at least we will, Peggy. <laughs> You're the educator for us today, and we much appreciate your being here as a shine counselor. So um, we've talked a little bit about Part A and Part B, and we know that Part D is prescription drugs. What's Part C? They consider Part C a Medicare Advantage plan because okay, that's if right. a Medicare Advantage plan, you also have the drugs included in there, and they usually have other things that they include in there, like they might give you a fitness benefit or some visual, some dental, dental, uh, hearing. So the program that I have is a Part C. Right. Aha. I never knew that before. Oh, it is? I didn't know that either. (laughs) I think I want Parts X, Y, and Z myself. (laughs) I don't know. And in other states, they call them like Part G or H and oh my word! It's a good thing we live in Massachusetts. I can't think we can handle more than A, B, C, D. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, oh. Tenny. So here, this will help you a little bit too, Tenny. So we've talked about um, um, the prescription drugs, but then there's something else that people need to do, isn't there? They need to sometimes get a supplement plan because 
Medicare doesn't cover everything. Part A and Part B doesn't cover everything. Part D, prescription drugs doesn't cover everything. So why do people have a supplement plan? To cover deductibles and things? Or? Well, there's a 20%. Right. Okay. Medicare only covers 20% of, is it A, B, N? D? No, A and B. Just A and B. Okay. And it doesn't include drugs. Yeah. So if you don't have a supplement plan and you only have Part A and Part B for Medicare, and I've had people come and ask that question before, you could get really stuck if you have some significant medical bills. You could. And you need to have a Part D without getting penalized. Okay. You could have just the A and B and just a D plan Mm -hmm. and no supplement for the 20% on the doctors and the hospital. But it would be a big, if you got sick, it could be very um, financially devastating. Yeah. Sure. And I will tell you something sort of anecdotally that I know that the number one reason that most people file bankruptcy in this country is because of medical bills, period. Very clear. And that's a shame, isn't it, when you think about that? The richest company in the country in the world, and we have people that have to go bankrupt because of medical bills. So uh, this is important stuff. And by the way, if you'd like some more information, you can go into mass.gov, I learned today from Peggy. And you can look up information about Medicare on the computer. You can also give a call to the Dartmouth Council on Aging at 508-999-4717. And you can call New Bedford Council on Aging and any of the other local council on agings. I think the SHINE program is really a wonderful thing. It's one of the best things the government ever did, I think. (laughs) Uh, Do you work in places other than Dartmouth or just Dartmouth? No, just Dartmouth. And you stay very busy, I'm sure. I do. How how many people do you have in your operation for SHINE? Uh, We have, I do the SHINE, and there's uh, one of the outreach ladies that does outreach is working, um, doing the SHINE now. So you've got basically two people? Two people. Wow, that must be keeping you really busy to do that. But the out, the two, there's two outreach ladies there that do outreach. Okay. And they're somewhat familiar with some of the parts of the SHINE program. And that's the department that Ellen works in? That's the Ellen, yeah, yes. Yeah, Ellen Hull. She was on the show a couple of years ago when we did a Medicare program. Right. I just think it's such an important topic, and this is the time of year when if you want to make a change, if you want to learn more about your program, this is when you need to do it. You've got between October 15th and December 7th, and then after that you can't. And then it becomes effective starting January? It becomes effective in January. Okay. If you're on a Medicare Advantage, they have open enrollment in January, February, and March. Okay. They'll give them an option to change a Medicare Advantage plan. Huh. I did not know that. So if you know that you're on a Medicare Advantage plan and you want to look at other options, you do that in January, February, March. You can have a little longer. You could do it now, October 15th to December 7th, but you have a little bit longer with them. And if you wanted to go off an Advantage and go back to an AB, um, AB, What's it called? HML plan? Can you do that in January? Medigap, sorry, yes. Uh, In January also? Or do you have to stay within the Advantage plans? No, you can change. Huh. I never knew that. So maybe if you move to a different part of the country, you might want to do something like that too. Who knows? You can also get help by calling 1-800-MEDICARE. And just spell it out, 1-800-633-4227. Personally, I'd rather get help locally. I think yeah. you get more personalized attention. Yeah, and they're they're just so smart. They know all this. How long do you go for training? Uh, it depends on. Right now, I guess the last this year when they did the training, I I'm not sure if they did it in two or three weeks. But we did it like I think it was once a day for six weeks or eight weeks. But we had to go up to the Middleborough office. That was the regional office for this area. Every area has their own yeah. designated. And they teach you from 
A to Z all about this, and you understand it at the end. Are, are, is the public able to go to these training sessions? No, it's just for <laughs> training for the Shine volunteers. Who well, conducts it? Is it a- it's conducted by our director up in uh, Middleborough, mm-hmm. Christy Reckford. She yep, does I've this. I've spoken with her before. Yep. Yes, Christy Reckford have. is the director up in Middleborough yep. who then, does the SHINE program. And do you get some kind of a certification that you've We do have training? a certification Great. that we get. Well, thank you for doing that. I mean, that's a wonderful thing to do. So, uh, Tenny, um, are you a very tall person? I am a very short person. I'm getting shorter by the year. <laughs> so I have to give you a quotation I like from Casey Stengel. He said, all right, everyone, line up alphabetically according to your height. <laughs> oh, I love those kinds of quotes. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know, and you may know this, Peggy, I'm not sure that you do, Tenny, every year the Board of Trustees of the Federal Hospital Insurance and Federal Supplementary Medical Insurance Trust Funds have to file an annual report. We've done this before. I'll leave this with you. Um, So this is the 2020 annual report. It's a communication from an independent board of trustees. Uh, They're not a government agency. And their job is to go through and do an analysis about, are we gonna run out of money in Medicare? And so right now, in 2019, last year, Medicare covered 61.2 million people. Of that number, 52.6 million were ages 65 and older, and then about 8.5 million people were disabled. Um, This year, they're estimating that the Medicare program, as it's currently funded, will run out of money and will deplete its fund in the year 2026. That's not that far away. We see this every once in a while. And the expenditures in 2019 for the uh, hospital insurance program, which includes Medicare, exceeded the income by $5.8 billion. So there's a deficit gap in how we're having enough money to pay for the Medicare program. That's actually less than I would have expected, though. Well, what it means basically is that uh, the board is projecting, this board is projecting that in the future the expenditures are going to increase at a faster pace because people are getting older and living longer. The increase at a faster pace than the workers' earnings or the overall economy is going to earn. So if we're starting out with the position that Social Security and Medicare right now are already accounting for more than 60% of our total federal budget, we either have to raise more money or reduce expenses and eliminate waste or do something. But it's not a great future that's being projected, and I don't think you're going to see the program just expire because you'd have people out in the streets. So we'll have to find a fiscal solution for it. But what I would just like to have people know that it is a serious problem, and we, we do have to think about it. And um, we have to think about the programs that we're involved in. So um, one of the sections of this Medicare booklet is uh, definitions, which is another reason that you want to get this booklet. If you can, ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't get it at home, they talk about the benefit period, co-payments, critical access hospitals, custodial care, and what all these things mean, uh, long-term care hospitals, medically necessary. The definition section alone in here is really good. But I'll tell you, Peggy, what impressed me the most when I read through this book, I didn't read the whole thing. I skimmed it. There's a section here, section 11, that says, compare health and drug plans in your area. This is like nine pages of uh, charts showing all the programs that are available in just the state of Massachusetts. I couldn't believe it. Unbelievable. So it's complicated. Very. Now, when you do this, when you're talking to people on the phone, do you bring it up on a computer so you're comparing things on yes, the computer? Yes, I go into the Medicare website, and okay. and I usually compare their drugs that they're on. So when you hear from somebody, what you need to know is what are your ailments, what's your diagnosis, and what 
medications are you on? Is there anything else that you need to I know? I don't really need to know the diagnosis. Or I just need the medicines that they're on and the dosage and how often they take them. Oh, okay. Okay. And um, if somebody is talking to you, do they normally make an appointment? Or are you just They call them? the senior center and uh, they would... Right now, we are making appointments. In the past this year, because of COVID being a lot different, um, I was just receiving the messages as they would take a message of a phone call and a person, and I would get back to them. Okay. Um, do you find that people are grateful? Very grateful. Very grateful. And by the way, I forgot to mention that um, most of the Medicare money that gets used to pay for your medical bills, ladies and gentlemen, through the Medicare program, comes from the uh, payroll tax. Uh, the payroll tax, if you are a worker, you pay 2.9% of your earnings into uh, the payroll tax system. That's where the money comes from. I guess it's conceivable, depending upon how serious finances got in the future, that that could be increased slightly, and maybe people wouldn't... Uh, care that much if it went to 3% instead of 2.9%, but even doing tinkering like that sometimes might make a difference in raising enough funds. Um, so um, what do you think, Tenny? you think you're an expert on Medicare after today? I am absolutely not. I, I remain confused. Um, I, I'm grateful to know that there's sort of one basic breakdown, Medigap versus Medicare Advantage. So what are the components under each of those separate sides? Are there, there are different Medigap plans? There, the Medigap plans have the same type of plans that the Medicare Advantage. You have the Blue Cross, you have Valums, you have Harvard Pilgrim, Health New England, uh, United he Healthcare. You have them on both sides. And so what the person has to do is decide how much they want to pay in uh, co-pays and how much they want to have as a deductible. Is that a main cut right. also? Right. <clears throat> okay. So if you're willing to pay $25 a visit instead of 15 and you don't go to the doctor very often – Maybe you're going to have a a lesser expensive monthly plan. Yes. plan. Yes, correct. But then I would think that you would need to know how often how healthy people are and, and what their ailments are. But that's you don't, definitely. Uh, oh, okay. I said yeah. I don't ask them how healthy they are. I just say you know how often you go to the doctors, yeah. and you know if you are going to need. Um, more testing like CAT scans, MRIs, and uh, so they have to take that into consideration. Yeah. So I, I think that one thing is really important for seniors especially to stay healthy is to get more exercise. Wouldn't you agree with that? Oh, definitely, positively. So Ellen DeGeneres once said, my grandmother started walking five miles a day when she was 60, She's 97 now, and we don't know where the hell she is. <laughs> <laughs> Probably neither does she, I thought, that was soul. <laughs> an, I thought that was an appropriate uh, quotation for today, Tenny. What do you think? Oh, my. But, you know, I, I have to tell you something about Tenny. Tenny likes lemon water. She has lemon water every single morning. Hot lemon water. And occasionally on a Friday night or something, she likes a little vodka drink. Just one. I'd be very careful. So, Tenny, here's a quotation for you from Ron White. I believe that if life gives you lemons, you should make lemonade and try to find somebody whose life has given them vodka and have a party. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that and I said, oh, that's Tenny. <laughs> Ladies right, and gentlemen, I, if, go ahead. I, I have another question. I used to find, because I used to um, make decisions about health plans when I worked at Girl Scouts, um, I would find that one year Harvard Pilgrim 
had a better, cheaper plan. And the next year, to make up for that, Blue Cross did the same thing for less money and so forth. Do you find that companies are moving around a lot and one well, year one will be better than the other? That's why you have to check your plan because usually they might add additional little benefits here or there to try and compete with each company. Um, and also the drugs change as far as what tiers they're on. So and what drug uh, pharmacy you go to, sometimes that changes drastically. So I better make an appointment and come talk to you, huh? Or at <laughs> least talk to you on the phone. No, sure. <laughs> well, I think the important message for anybody listening today is you need to examine this, and you should examine it every year because maybe you're spending more money than you need to, or maybe you can get better coverage. Uh, there's lots of ways you need to look at this. Um, Tony, you yeah, like, to, to begin with, I'm sorry to interrupt, no, sorry. but what I was going to say is to begin with, an important thing to do is to just inventory your information. Um, write down what drugs you take, whether they're generic or whether they're name brands, and what dosage and so forth, so that you can talk intelligently when you are talking to a counselor. When you go on the Medicare.gov, if you wanted to and put in your drugs, it would automatically give you a, it, this a generic if you wanted to take that. They would let you punch that in. Huh. What's a donut hole? The donut hole has to do with when you're in a drug plan, and what happens is you have usually a deductible on your drugs, the drug plans. The deductible is usually only applying to brand-name drugs. So a lot of your generic drugs are Tier 1 and Tier 2. The deductible usually does not apply to the generic drugs. When you get into brand-name drugs, like three or Tier 3, Tier 4, or Tier 5, then you're going to get into, you have to meet that deductible first out of pocket. And then you will pay... And you have to pay up to, um, I don't have the price right up. I think it's 4000 They calculate what you are paying out of your drug co-pays. And once you get beyond a certain price, I think it's around 4000 then you go into the donut hole. When you get into the donut hole, your brand-name drugs could be 25%. Your generic drugs could be 35%. percent mm hmm and you're in that donut hole till probably another 5000 or so out of pocket, and then you get into the catastrophic, and it drops right down. Okay. But we also have a plan here in Massachusetts called Prescription Advantage that helps people. Yes, I've heard of that. That helps them with the donut hole. But you have to be in, I ha you have to look at your income brackets. Gosh, it's so complicated. I always thought it was something good to eat, but I guess I was <laughs> wrong about that. Of course, I guess the donut hole is the absence of the donut anyways, so that doesn't really help me, does it? Somebody's shaking their head at me in this room, so sorry about that, Brody. <laughs> well, Tendi, do you like taking care of the house? Do you like keeping house? Generally, yes. I don't love vacuuming, but that's all right. Well, Zaza Gabor once said, I am a marvelous housekeeper. Every time I leave a man, I keep his house. It <laughs> sounds oh, like Zaza Gabor. She was wonderful. But, you know, a lot of politicians have weighed in on the subject of uh, Medicare also. John Sununu once said, it worries me about our unwillingness to really address reforms and modernization in Medicare. This thing was designed 37 years ago. It has not evolved to keep pace with current medical technology. So just something to think about. Well, I, I, I'm going to save my best quotation for the end Okay. as we get closer. I mean, many countries, uh, Scandinavian countries, northern European countries, have much better health coverage plans than we do, but they pay higher amounts in taxes. And I think that people are going to have to get used to the fact of, uh, of paying higher taxes if they want to have the government help with their insurance plans. We have about three more minutes uh, before we're going to sign off. I want to say I've got quotations from a number of politicians. I'm not making a political statement. 
Um, you've probably heard of um, uh, Al Franken before, Tenny. He was yes. a senator. Yes. Um, he was a comedian before that. He said, if Republicans eliminate Medicare, America will become a country in which you can never retire. And once you physically can no longer work, you are desperately poor until you die. Medicare is a very, very important program. And um, Joe Biden, who's, I think, running for office right now, said, Social Security is not the hard one to solve. Medicare, that's the gorilla in the room, and you've got to put it, all of it on the table. That's gotta, true. You've got to deal with the subject. It's not just Medicare. It's Medicaid as well because uh, I, I strongly believe that the elderly people in this country who have saved and worked all their lives should not be subjected to the horror of Medicaid when they have to go into a nursing home. Well, we, we know too many people who could not survive if they did not have Medicare. Now, we'll have to tinker with it in the future going forward. It doesn't mean massive increases in taxes or anything of that nature, but it, it may mean they have to increase the amount of the contributions for payroll. Um, did you ever hear of Kinky Friedman? No? no. Did you ever hear of Kinky Friedman, Tenny? Yeah. He said, I'm too young for Medicare and too old for women to care. <laughs> I like that one. Sort of a Medicare quotation, right? I think that was a good one. <laughs> yes. Well, I'd like to conclude today by basically saying a great big thank you to Peggy Vollmer, who's a shine counselor and really knows her stuff. And a volunteer, and most a volunteer importantly. at that. And, you know, this is the time of the year, ladies and gentlemen, when you really ought to get some advice and get some help. If you have questions, give them a call at the Council on Aging in Dartmouth at 508-999-4717. Call Attorney Tenny Lance if you need help for Medicaid issues in particular. Peggy, thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. Thank you. And as we uh, sign off, we've got about another minute to go. I had some really interesting quotations that I was hoping to use. And um, Thomas Edison said, the doctor of the future will give no medicine but will interest his or her patients in the care of the human frame in a proper diet and in the cause and prevention of disease. He was a man ahead of his time. Yeah. There's one that's a little bit um, off color that I won't use, except Dick Wilson once said, my doctor gave me six months to live, but when I couldn't pay the bill, he gave me six months more. <laughs> that's where we'll be, ladies and gentlemen, if we don't have a properly functioning Medicare program. So don't forget to check your plan. Call your Shine counselor. Uh, it's enrollment time, folks. Call Shine. Call us. We're all here to help you. And thank you so much for listening. <laughs> <laughs>